Welcome to the Storyform Podcast. Storyformed is here to celebrate the soul-forming power of imagination, good books, and beauty in the life of your child. Hello, and welcome to the Storyform Podcast. I'm Holly Packham, and as always, I'm joined by Jamie Showmaker. Hello. And what's really amazing about today is Jamie and I are actually sitting in the same room. It's so exciting. (laughs) We are here in Nashville, Tennessee together. We are preparing to help Sally Clarkson launch her brand new book, The Life-Giving Table. And so it's about to launch tomorrow. So we will be at a big launch party at a friend's house here in Nashville. And we will. this will be on webcast if you want to get on and see that. And I'm actually thinking by the time this is posting, it'll it be, already it'll already happened. <laughs> so we're so excited about <laughs> it, so we're going to keep talking about it. <laughs> yes. So, but you'll, you'll continue to hear about the life-giving table. So please check out Storyform. You can see our notes about it. We're going to be talking about it here today on the podcast. Um, you can find out more about it um, on sallyclarkson.com. And we're just, we're so excited for this book. We've both been reading it. So we'll be talking about, about bits of it today. Yes. Well, it's just so fun for Jamie and I to be together with our whole team from Whole Heart Ministries, just some of our our staff and um, friends that we're helping with. Um, I was just a part of helping out with the Wild and Free Conference, which was really, really fun. And it's just fun to be together at a table with Sally and friends. And it's just been really, really wonderful. It's fun. And this is only the second time that we've met face-to-face. That's right. And it's the first time that we have done a podcast <laughs> together in the same room. That's right. This is the first <laughs> so it's time. It's really fun. So it's really, really fun. Yes. We can actually see each other's faces <laughs> and reactions and not just over the microphone. It's fun. So it's I really, love it. really fun. Well, as many of you know, StoryFarmed is a ministry initiative of Whole Heart, um, as we've been talking about Clay and Sally Clarkson. We are just so grateful to be a part of their ministry and so excited to celebrate this book as we've been talking about um, I'm just personally so privileged to know Sally and to know the Clarkson family and to have known them for over 10 years now and just reading her book and reading the stories about her children and ministering to to so many people and having discipleship around the table in her home. And I'm grateful that I've just been privileged to be a part of that, to have been in some groups with Sally over the years. And when I think about her and when I read her stories, I think this is, she is, this is exactly how she lives out her life, that when you come into her home, she's so welcoming and loving, and she really sets a beautiful environment to just welcome the spirit. That What I love is that her goal isn't purely just to make things beautiful for the sake of doing that or to just do this because you know, it would make her a good person, but she's really doing it to bring people to the Lord and to bring people to Christ and his table and so it's just it's just wonderful to reflect on those times and to to see how how she continues to do that with so many people that walk through her doors and even while we've been here in Nashville. Yes. She we go out and she sets the table for mm-hmm. us and invites us into this place to talk about what the Lord is doing in all of our lives. Yes. So it's a gift. Yes. When I was in her home with you guys in June, mm-hmm. um, I experienced that. And the thing that stuck with me the most was, like you just said, her authenticity and mm-hmm. her integrity. Um, you know, she's been such a mentor of mine over the past decade. I've read all of her books and, you know, just really followed her from afar. But 
it just struck me that she is exactly who she says she is. Everything that I've read about in her books, I experienced in her home. And she really does practice what she preaches. You know, there were flowers and candles and there was tea and her chocolate chip cookies and cinnamon rolls, of course. And, you know, all of that attention to detail that I have read about in her books, like The Life-Giving Home Mm -hmm. and now The Life-Giving Table that's Mm -hmm. out. Um, But, you know, it wasn't that that stayed with me and that I took away. It was, um, you know, more than that, I felt welcomed. I felt loved. I felt nurtured and Mm -hmm. I felt heard and seen, Mm -hmm. you know, and sometimes as moms, we can feel so lonely and so isolated and, you know, she really does see you and hear you. And, um, you know, it didn't matter if we were eating off of her, you know, fancy China or if we had paper plates from the Mexican Mm -hmm. takeout. We did. did. (laughs) But you could tell that, you know, what she cared about were our hearts and the Mm -hmm. relationship, our relationships with Christ our relationship with each other mm-hmm. as, you know, sisters in Christ and ministry partners and, you know, kindred spirits. And, you know, just like the theme of this new book, The Life-Giving Table, um, the table really is the cornerstone for relationships and discipleship mm-hmm. in her home. Yes. She really does live that out. One of the things that um, I've been reading through her book, and one of the things that has really stuck out to me is some of these um, throughout the book. Um, you just have to go get it. It'll be so <laughs> life-giving to you. And it's on Amazon now, so you can, you can go get it now um, since the book's been launched now. But one of the things that really sticks out to me is she has these table discipleship principles spread throughout the whole book. And so if you're looking to, to understand, like, what are some core discipleship um, principles or things that things that you can specifically talk to talk through that that those are some things that are kind of the core of the book and um what i love about it is that it's life at the table is really about um the purpose of making real jesus in in our lives and our family's lives and um calling our family to serve him for their whole lives and so these these principles are rooted in that foundation and I also love the idea of having intentionally prepared spaces to give the Lord just that opportunity to build our faith and our children through feasting together. And when I reflect on 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 the Word and in the New Testament, Jesus talks so much about feasting with his mm-hmm. disciples and other people. And when I think about how he feasted with um, his, one of his first feasts was his ministry began by bringing out the best wine at a wedding celebration. You right. see feasts continuing throughout his ministry and life with people. And then his final ministry moment was the Passover meal right. with Jesus and his disciples. So we see the importance of this spread throughout scripture. We see how Jesus himself uses these opportunities with people to speak into their life, mm-hmm. to speak truth. Um, so my hope as a parent is that my kids through these opportunities of feasting at the table that they will desire um, on, on their own and within our family to live a life um, filled with the Spirit and truth that they receive just as I'm attempting to intentionally plan and right. we'll get into this and flesh this out a bit of there is a struggle here of doing this, isn't there, as as moms with young kids and mm-hmm. even growing kids, how do we how do we figure this out and make this happen? So Jamie, Absolutely. we've talked about how your kids are a little bit younger yes. than mine. Right. And so how does this look, how does it look for you to try to prepare a life-giving table at this phase of, <laughs> of your family? Sometimes my table is um, all kinds of life <laughs> with yeah. three busy boys. Um, and so, you know, a lot of 
the time, we are just still working on the basics at this point. I mean, they're, they're small boys. The oldest is eight. And so, you know, even something as simple as table, table manners, like mm-hmm. staying in their seats and, right. you know, not <laughs> interrupting. And, but, but teaching manners is discipleship. And, mm-hmm. you know, Sally talks about this in the book, you know, teaching them to honor other people in, with their actions and how they treat one another. You know, we want to treat each other the way we would like to be treated. And, you know, so we, we talk a lot about that at this point, and that's the bulk of our table discipleship mm-hmm. <laughs> at this point yes. is teaching manners. <clears throat> um, but we also do some other things. I try to bring beauty into our family dinners through our table decor. You know, we decorate seasonally. Um, we have candles, and we talk about bringing beauty a lot um, and order into the domain that God has given to us. Um, and that's a way of kind of heralding the kingdom, um, we, there are just so many instances in the Bible where God instructs us to cultivate and to build and to take dominion and to subdue um, from the beginning in Genesis where he gives the command to do so. But even, you know, even when the Israelites were in exile, he still says, you know, build houses, plant and cultivate gardens. And right. so there is, an, there, there is a reason for that, a purpose behind that. And, and we should be doing that intentionally in our homes. And so, you know, we talk about that a lot when they ask me, you know, mommy, why are you putting the pumpkin on the table mm-hmm. and all these little gourds and all these things, you know, they play with them right now, but they want to know why. And so, you know, we talk about that. I want them to understand you know, what, that he's called us to bring beauty and that that's a way of heralding the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, but I also want them to understand that they have to honor each other, whether we're, you know, eating popcorn in the den, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that's our table for family movie night, um, or sitting around the dining room table at a formal dinner with the candles and all of that, which we sometimes do. But, um, you know, Manners are, is primarily the intentional discipleship that happens right now. We, we did go through a season when they were smaller when we read the Jesus Storybook Bible mm-hmm. every morning for mm-hmm. breakfast. Um, and they love that. But now that we are homeschooling formally, that's kind of moved into our morning time. Mm-hmm. But um, that's another way that we've done it in the past. But what about you? Yes. Yeah, so, so my oldest is 12 and youngest mm-hmm. is 5. So I, I, it seems like just in the past couple of years, we've moved a little bit toward a little bit more civilization, a little bit more, mostly everybody can, my youngest one, sometimes a little unpredictable, but for the most part, everyone is beginning to be able to sit a little bit more mm-hmm. and reflect just a little bit, have a bit more conversation. So that gives me hope. Yeah. Because, you know, yes. As Alan always says, as mothers, we're like the great civilizers. And I think yes. about that with my boys. I'm like, okay, yes. eventually we'll get there. So I'm That's glad right. to hear that you're yes. there. Yes. yes. So I remember the days of wondering, like, right. when, when are we going to get there? And so right. finally, you know, we move forward just mm-hmm. a, just a little bit. Um, so something we've done really just in the past year we've started doing is to just to have a have a little bit of consistent beauty at our meals is to light a candle um, in the in the center of our big long farm table. Mm-hmm. And even if you know it might right now it's a pretty fall fall candle, but sometimes I'm just scrambling like okay what any kind of candle I can right. find just just <laughs> to have something to to bring beauty into our dinner. And then we have a record player, and so usually one of the older girls will be in charge of picking some kind of classical um, music album. And that's just what, what we like to kind of bring the ambience. We've got all kinds of different records, so if we're in a different mood, we might do jazz or something, but usually we'll just have something um, some kind of classical without without words just We've to kind of create before, the ambience. But yes. I love the fact you have an actual record player. I know, <laughs> like, it's really I mean, fun. It's nice to have, like, I have my iPod with my speaker yes. and all that, but I love, like, it makes me want a record player. Yes. <laughs> my dining room. 
It's very fun. It's really my husband. It's my husband's thing. He right. just really likes. He liked to have that, and he started to collect old records. And right. you can go into like record shops yes. and find really old ones that are still in good condition. Mm-hmm. So we've we actually have a little small collection I now. Love it's it. it's really fun. It's it very nostalgic. Really, it's really really great. fun. Yes. <laughs> Um, but whether or not, you know, we're having chicken soup or macaroni and cheese or, you know, or whether I've had more time in planning to do a roast or, you know, something, we'll still just try to bring in that beauty. And like Jamie said, like explaining if they're asking or if that's part of the conversation, why we're doing this. And, you know, ultimately the Lord is, is beauty, Mm -hmm. you know, and so bringing, bringing his beauty into our table Um, But some of the things that have been exciting for us just as our kids have gotten a little bit older is some of the conversations we've been able to have. So I think I've shared before on the podcast about um, doing highs and lows at the table. And so for younger kids, you know, that high would be, you know, how is what what was joyful to, to your in your life today? And then a low could be what was challenging or difficult. And so, but as our older, as our older girls were starting to kind of explain, explain what this can mean in a little bit more of adult language. So, um, if any of you are familiar with spiritual direction or, um, kind of, a a, a spiritual disciplines, there, there's some terminology in, in those disciplines and in, in that field that, that talk about high, a high, another word for that could be a, con, um, a consolation, which is just how is the Lord um, bringing joy into your life? Okay. And a desolation would be more like a low, and that would be what is draining you, and, in, and how what do you feel like God is speaking to you in that? Mm-hmm. So we're starting to have more conversations with them about really wanting them to continue to develop their own devotional life with the Lord. And so up to this point, it's been more group oriented. We've, and we're still doing that. We're still reading the Bible together and talking about it together, but I'm beginning more and more to encourage um, them in their own devotional life and mm-hmm. asking them about that. And um, just wanting to encourage them to pray more about um, our decisions and the things they're involved in and just encouraging their relationship with the Lord too. So we're that. starting to kind of, broaden the language of these kinds of things. Um, and then just another question that my, the older girls and I, they're, t- they're 12 and 10, I've been talking with them about, um, like a question that I asked them recently was, is how am I saying yes to God this week? So we're getting a little bit deeper, yeah. um, just asking them to reflect a little bit more deeply than they have in younger years. And that could be uh, something like, I think one of them said, well, I just, I have a sense that in the future, you know, God might be calling me to teach or to write. And I don't know exactly what that means for right now, but I kind of have a sense for this. Or it can mean this week, um, one of them had said something about, um, they go, they have to go to the dance studio and we'll notice a specific child who's being left out or is difficult to deal with. And so oh, the Lord might be asking me to befriend this person who's hard to be around or, and so this is, this is, we're walking into this more and it's, it's at the point where it's not necessarily easy for them. They're not just like quick to answer these questions, but we're starting, we're planting the seeds for them to be reflecting more deeply and being more aware of the spirit's work in their lives. Yeah. I think that's great. Yeah. We've actually started that a little bit. Um, we were talking about, you know, as, as, you know, followers of Christ, we're to love one another. And mm-hmm. as he has loved us, we mm-hmm. love one another. And so we have been talking a little bit about, okay, how have you shown your brother love yes. this week, today? Mm-hmm. You know, and we get really funny answers at this point, right. but they're starting to think That's about right. it, you know? Yes. And so, 
We're, we're, we are getting there. Yes, that's right. That's <laughs> right. You plant those seeds we are. Yes. and they'll eventually start right. to think about it more deeply. Exactly. Um, um, another table talk we had the other night was about, um, I just, well, sometimes we'll throw out questions too. We'll just mm-hmm. say, we'll just, we'll just, my husband or I, or maybe one of the kids will just throw out one question to discuss. And, um, one of the ones the other day, I just said, um, let's come up with some ideas, how we can bless each other this fall. How can we encourage each other this season? And at their ages, they were all about talking about that. They came up with about 15 <laughs> ideas of, you know, they were just talking over each other and, oh, I right. want to, I want to answer this. But, so it was really fun to see them wanting to take ownership of a, of a project and have yes. ideas for it. Um, but of course we couldn't do all of those things. <laughs> so we kind of narrowed it down to, to one we're about to start. And, um, they, one of the kids ideas was to buy little mailboxes. We've seen them at like Hobby Lobby or somewhere right. like that and have them out and put each of their, of our kids' names on it and have like a secret, um, secret blessing or blesser mm-hmm. for that week. And so they could pick a sibling's name and do acts of kindness and leave scriptures for them in their box and just ways to encourage each other. And one of my kids, especially, this is really something she's passionate about. She's not Aww. as verbal, but she loves to really bless and encourage through writing or through wow. little gifts or things like that. Um, but it was just neat to see them take ownership and be so excited mm-hmm. about it. And they wanted it to be anonymous, but I'm guessing that after a day they might, you know, if they write anything, <laughs> they're going to know who it is, but they, they think it's fun for it to it, be anonymous. It's really neat too, how you can see, like you talked about one of your kids, that's really kind of her gift. She's right. good at encouraging. It's yes. neat to see how God has designed each of them differently. Right. And you're starting to see that as a parent. And then we yes. can nurture that and yes. kind of encourage those differences. Exactly. Know? I love that. Yeah. It's yes. been really, really neat to see that. Um, one of the quotes that I've been thinking about um, from Sally's book that that kind of relates to this, she says, the sole satisfaction of belonging to one another, the anchor of commonly held traditions, and the understanding that our home was a sanctuary from all the pressure and storms of life, all these knit our hearts together into right bonds that will not easily be broken. And just even thinking about this idea yeah. that they have that it's bringing them together, it's knitting their hearts together, mm-hmm. um, and they're coming together in, in the season. Yeah, I love that. And I love, you know, when she, she said the anchor of commonly held traditions. And, you know, one of the anchors in our home that we do is we acknowledge the changing of the seasons. Mm-hmm. Every season, mm-hmm. we kind of um, pay attention to that mm-hmm. and acknowledge that and change the decor in our home and talk about the change of the seasons. And I think. You know, noting the changes that are taking place in nature, that it really awakens us to wonder and mm-hmm. and to imagination. I, I we talk about every time, like, isn't God the most creative God? Mm-hmm. You know, in spring, yes. all of these things happen, and we think, wow, it couldn't get any better. And then fall comes, you know, and we yes. see all these the leaves changing, mm-hmm. and we think, you know, God is so amazing, so creative, mm-hmm. and it just draws us. It just makes us wonder mm-hmm. um, in awe. And, um, you know, it's also a testimony to his faithfulness and his abiding love because we know what's coming next. We know it's going to continue, you know, Mm -hmm. and, um, there's something about autumn in particular that makes my home feel like a sanctuary from the storm. I guess it's just Mm -hmm. because things are getting cooler outside Mm -hmm. and the home is just more cozy. We've got out our like wool blankets Mm -hmm. and we're starting to make, you know, nice warm things to drink that just warm you Mm -hmm. on the inside too, Mm -hmm. you know, your heart and, you know, Mm -hmm. the fireplace is lit sometimes. And, you know, there's just something about fall that makes me want to pile in the den or around the table with my boys and read. Mm -hmm. Um, And so 
do we, I guess we could talk about some books that we like to read in the yes, fall. <laughs> let's do it for sure. Yes, yes. A lot of people have asked us for some fall yes, book recommendations. That's exactly so. right. Yeah. We've been grateful for some of your feedback on Facebook, just, yes. um, and what kind of topics. And so we've definitely had people say, let's talk about fall books. <laughs> yes. so, so we're finally doing it. Yes, so. for sure. Well, Jamie and I will just kind of, we both have quite a few recommendations. Yes, and so, surprise, surprise. Yes. <laughs> Usually we have to narrow down. Right. So as not to give too many, but um, we'll just start throwing them out there. Yeah, so, go ahead. Um, what are some of your favorites? Yeah, so one that I really, really love is called The Autumn Story by Jill Barklum. And this is part of the Brambley Hedge series. So there's mm-hmm. um, one on every season if you want to look at the whole um, the whole series. You can buy a complete book or you can buy them individually by season. So, but today we're talking about the autumn story and it, I especially, I love the writing, but I also really love the illustrations. Yes. Um, they're, they are just, the illustrations draw you into the natural world. So it's a, it's about a mouse family and, um, all the pictures just show nature all around them. They're just and charming. They're like, very that's charming. The, yeah. That's the yes. word that comes to me when I think that's about a great word. the Brambley Hedge. Yes. yes. And so the story is, so the mice are working together in the harvest before the rain begins and there's a little mouse, Primrose, and she's daydreaming and finding herself out in the woods and is lost and she's alone and she's scared. And um, as you're reading, your kids will especially be wondering, you know, is she going to find her way home in the midst of all of this? And so I won't give it away, (laughs) but um, yes, just look for that one. It's just a sweet, charming story, as Jamie said, with beautiful illustrations Mm -hmm. and Another one that's been new to us this season, um, usually I go um, to the library each each season, like Jamie said, around different holidays, different parts of the church calendar, and try to find books. And so this year I just got a bunch of new ones, and one that's new to us is Apples to Oregon by Deborah Hopkinson. And we listened to this on audio. This mm-hmm. is, I, we had a great narrator reading it. But it's about um, a family and a and in that family, the father brought apples and other fruits um, from their home in Iowa to Oregon. So it just tells the story of, of that process and uh, a sweet story with just a beautiful, almost lyrical way of mm-hmm. telling the story. The writing is really yes. beautiful and engaging. And we listened to it with all the kids in the car, and everybody loved it from 12 to 5. So if you're looking for something, kind of to hit that. Yes. that My boys group. love it too. All yeah, ages, so all, maybe. All and I loved it. as a, yes. I think it's one that everybody loves. Absolutely. Yes, it's a great one. Yeah. Well, one of the ones that we really love, speaking of apples, is Johnny Appleseed by Stephen Kellogg. Um, because everybody needs to know the tall tale of John Chapman. Yes, and absolutely. And planted <laughs> apple trees all throughout the Midwest. And um, mm-hmm. the Stephen Kellogg version... Um, just has really great illustrations. My boys love mm-hmm. them. They're so detailed, but there's so much in them. Yeah. Um, so they, they love to look at that. And they're also, you know, Johnny Appleseed's kind of, it's a true tale, but it's a tall tale. And you can kind of, that's reflected in these illustrations. Mm-hmm. Some things are really larger than life yes. in the illustrations. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they, they love that. And then another one that we really love that I think I found this one at the library last year. I can't recall, but now mm-hmm. we own it because we all loved it so much. It's called Apple Picking Time. By Michelle Benoit Lawson, and it's told from the perspective of a young girl about how her entire town just shuts down for the apple harvest, and they all pitch in together and pick the apples for a few weeks, and um, it's just a really quiet, gentle story that really highlights industry and family and community, and um, I just love her spirited eagerness to fill her her basket like the adults do. Like she's mm-hmm. determined she's going to get more apples this year, and like the grown-ups. And there's a beautiful 
um, picture of her parents dancing under the apple trees. So it's just a beautiful picture of family and marriage. And it's just, um, like I said, it's just a gentle, soothing story. Even though it's about the hard work of apple harvest, it's, um, it's one that we, we both really love. We both, we all, we all really. <laughs> yes. I'm still thinking about the man and the, the husband and wife yeah, dancing under yeah. the apple tree. I'm like, yeah, my husband and I love this book. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. Oh. Well, a few others that we love. Um, one is called The Apple Pie That Papa Baked by Lauren Thompson. And in this story, there's a father who he's just, he's lovingly preparing a treat for his daughter. And it's, there's some lines that repeat in it, but a few words are slightly different. So one of the lines goes, these are the apples, juicy and red, that went in the pie, warm and sweet, that Papa baked. And then it moves on from that to the tree that grew the fruit um, and its roots and the rain and the clouds and the sun and so on. And finally into the world blooming with life. And so um, the illustrator is um, Bean, and he kind of has, it's almost like a folksy sort mm-hmm. of illustration. So it's, it's pretty unique. I, I don't know that I've seen a lot of children's stories with that kind of the illustration. Yes. I've not heard um, of that one. So. Yeah, um, and so, and the text is very lyrical. So you've mm-hmm. got kind of this folksy illustration matched with the lyrical text. So it pairs right. really well together. And I, I think probably younger kids mm-hmm. might like it a bit more, like my five and seven year old were right. drawn to the repetitive nature mm-hmm. of it and the, and the sweet pictures. So, right. um, another one that we discovered this year is called from apple trees to cider, please by Felicia Cherneski. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's kind of crisp, direct language, but with rhymes and it's mm-hmm. told from a child's point of view. And so this is, it's a story, but it's, it's more almost a, a very realistic way of describing the process so in story form, you're learning about the process of how cider is pressed and flavored um, and just celebrating in the harvest. Mm-hmm. So it kind of ends in this harvest celebration. But I learned a lot, too, about the, the pressing of cider. I right. didn't really know that process, and the illustrations were really great. And so my kids were very intrigued just learning through the story um, how to press cider right. and then ending in this festival. And they, you know, they're saying, what's a festival, Mom? And we've been to things <laughs> like that, but... They never, you know, thinking about an apple cider festival seems right. pretty interesting. So, Absolutely. Um, so yeah, but we really like that one. I love that. We we do some nonfiction books sometimes. Mm-hmm. There's one um, that my boys like called "Why Did Leaves Change Color." It's by Betsy Maestro, and they like that one because mm-hmm. it's nonfiction, but it's um, it's just got beautiful illustrations that are mm-hmm. very realistic looking with mm-hmm. all the different kinds of leaves, and then mm-hmm. it goes through the process and explains why they go from green to red and gold and, mm-hmm. and all of that, and they, they really enjoy that one. Um, and then another nonfiction book that we really, really love is um, it's a book called One Small Square. Woods. This one's Woods. Um, it's by Donald Silver. And if you aren't familiar with the One Small Square books, they the author takes a square of habitat. In this case, it's the woods, and it's like four feet, a four foot cube. And then he he explores everything that he finds within that four foot cube in that habitat. So in this case, it's the woods, and he talks about the changing leaves and the animals gathering food, like nuts and all the animals in that habitat, the insects and the trees and the surrounding soil and things like that and um, it's just wonderful for nature study and it really inspires like I said wonder and curiosity Um, it's just everything that God has made in creation 
And there are other habitats in the series. I think there's seashore and pond. Those are some of the ones that I, I know we also have. Um, but for autumn in particular, we, we like woods um, because it, it does talk about the changing leaves and all of that. So that's another nonfiction book that my boys really love. Yeah, I'm going to have to look those yeah, up. Yeah, we I love them. I haven't checked those out yet. Yes, yeah, I'm excited to look at those. Well, one that, that I don't think Jamie and I have talked about before that we both really love is how to make an apple pie and see the world. Yes. Um, <laughs> I still have not. I need to purchase this one. We've gotten it from the library, but it's usually a very long week right. for this one. It's very popular, <laughs> um, but this is by Majorie Priceman. And so the story starts out that, um, of course, an apple pie is you know easy to make if the market is open, right. but it isn't, it's closed. And so in the story, the world basically becomes the grocery store. Mm-hmm. And um, there's this deliciously silly recipe for apple pie that takes you as a reader around the globe to gather all the ingredients. And first you're going on a steamboat to Italy for the finest semolina wheat, then hitching a ride to England and hijacking a cow for the freshest milk. And of course, going to Vermont to get the apples. And so um, it's it's got some comical, you know, parts in it. And so, you, so you're really seeing the process, but in a really fun and funny, humorous way. Right. Um, so my kids have all absolutely loved My eight-year-old story. geography buff loves that. He loves yes. to trace the countries mm-hmm. and everything on the mm-hmm. map as we're going through the story. He loves mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Yes. So a fun one that you also learn a lot from. Absolutely. Another one that we really enjoy, and um, this is probably for younger kids, um, maybe five and under, mm-hmm. um, it's called Countdown to Fall by Fran Hawk. And basically the book is counting backwards from one, um, 10 to 1, or 1 to 10, during just the, a colorful time of year, during the autumn time. And so you're learning about all these different kinds of trees. So almost in the first read, you, you don't catch it necessarily, or the kids might not catch it, but upon reading it you know, several times, you'll notice Oh, they're talking about, you know, an aspen and, you know, it is reflecting the scenery around where an aspen tree would grow, like in, um, in Colorado or something. And, and the leaves look exactly like that. So it's meant to be beautiful. It's showing the animals and them storing food for, for preparing for winter. Um, but you're really learning about, you know, what, what does an aspen leaf look like in a birch and maple and oak and, and just about the time we were actually reading this, I had been, um, a couple days before this, I've been looking out our back window. We have um, a, a few deciduous trees, mostly a lot of pine trees, but I was seeing, we have a lot of squirrels everywhere. Mm-hmm. So I was noticing uh, this particular squirrel. It's just fun to watch them. And he was, I, usually they just have a little bit of stuff in their mouth, right. but he literally was, you know, had as much like leaves and pine needles as he could possibly <laughs> carry and with his little paws and running like up the tree. Like they were, right. you can just see them all this time of year starting to really store for winter right. and so it was just neat that I then I was, that. I was like kids you have to come to the window and see this so it's sort of neat when once in a while mm-hmm. what you're reading about is actually around you or you can go to it or right. you can see it out your window absolutely so it's neat when that happens I love that um Another one that my boys love, uh, for younger kids especially, is a book called Leaf Man by Lois Elhert. I don't know how to say this last name. E-H-L-E-R-T. But um, I think it's, I don't have it in front of me because I'm in Nashville, but um, (laughs) I think it's a wordless book. But basically, the the author takes photographs of different leaves and puts them into, uh, like literally makes little people out of the leaves. And um, just, so it's a beautifully photographed um, 
book with all the different kinds of fall leaves. And I think it identifies some of them. I'm not mm -hmm. positive. But mm -hmm. my boys love to look at that and just see the creativity uh, that someone has taken what God has made and turned it into something else. And so they like to go out and gather the leaves in the yard and make their own little leaf men um, out of it, just being inspired by this book, you know, especially my youngest. They, mm -hmm. they like doing this a mm -hmm. lot. Um, so that's a fun one for younger ones. And then my eight-year-old especially likes a book called Too Many Pumpkins by Linda White. And it's just a sweet little funny story about an old lady who despises pumpkins. She, um, but she finds herself, ironically, with hundreds of pumpkins um, because of a fluke. Something happens. It's just a cute, somewhat silly book that highlights resourcefulness and community. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. she has to do something with all of these pumpkins. Right. <laughs> and so she ends up doing something that um, really brings the whole community in. And she discovers in the end she doesn't really hate pumpkins after all. <laughs> because of, of what they, they provide for her um, with, with, the, with the community and the fellowship. And so that's a really cute. It's somewhat silly, but it's a mm -hmm. cute book. And they, they really like that. That's great. Yes. Yeah, we'll have to get check that one out. Yes. Um, we have also enjoyed a book called In November by Cynthia Ryland. And it's the book is just describing how the air grows cold um, in the earth at this time of year. Of course, at least in, in many places in the U.S., not everywhere. <laughs> not in North Carolina where it's <laughs> yeah. almost 90 degrees. That's right. So some places in right. the U.S., it is chilly in November. Right. Um, Maybe by and, November it'll be cold. That's right. Maybe so. Um, but it's, it shows you, um, it's, it's, it's vividly illustrated. So there's not as many words, but just the illustrations mm -hmm. are really beautiful and it's showing all the creatures preparing for winter. Um, you know, kind of like I mentioned in the other mm -hmm. book, um, can, you know, preparing for winter, but this one is probably for, could be for a little bit of an older child than countdown to fall might be mm -hmm. for like five and under. And this would be more like five to eight. I read it to all of our kids actually. And, um, the, yeah, the animals are preparing, they're seeking food and shelter and so it takes you through that process of seeing the various animals and how they would do that and then culminates in gathering together with family and getting ready to celebrate and gathering food and preparing the table mm -hmm. and all of those things with family and friends. It just highlights all that you might think of when you think of the month of November. Right. So a sweet story, and I, I enjoy Cynthia Ryland. I was going to say the exact same yeah. thing. I love Cynthia Ryland. <laughs> yes. There's so many of her books that we can recommend. So, yes, yes you always yes. want to go with some Cynthia Ryland. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, so one of my very favorite picture books is called My Mama Had a Dancing Heart. Yes. You might have heard me talk about it before. I tend to mention it um, as often as I can, but it's by Libba Moore Gray. And I have three girls, mm -hmm. and so that might be part of why we've read it many, many, many times. <laughs> I might have a few parts memorized, and I think my girls have heard it so many times. They probably do, too. But it's it's a story of this mother, and um, she she loves dance, and it's, it's a story talking about her and her daughter and their joy, 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 joyously, I would say joyfully, joyously going through the seasons in, in dance. And so you see spring and summer and fall and winter. Um, so it's not particularly just about fall, but that season is highlighted right. in, in the book and it's, it's dancing through the seasons. And so the girl, as she gets older, she becomes a ballerina and she's reflecting back about how her mom gave her a dancing heart. And so one of the parts I especially like that highlights autumn, it says the, um, the leaf kicking, leg lifting, hand clapping, hello, autumn ballet. And there's all it. these, um, lyrical parts of the book. And the end of the story has a sentimental and kind of a nostalgic 
ending that, um, and the daughter's really crediting her mother with her joy of movement. And you just see throughout the seasons, their closeness and things mm-hmm. that they share. And so even talking about the table, right. there's all, you know, they're, they're decorating together. They're making crafts together. They're sipping cocoa and cider and different things together. And so you see these special moments. And I think that's maybe why I was drawn right. to it. Cause I think this is part of, I want to have those moments, um, of, of setting the table in different ways to talk with my kids and, and bring them to Christ. And of course that's not highlighted here, but it, it's the, the beauty of the seasons right. and drawing together and being together is highlighted. And the illustrations are really beautiful mm-hmm. and unique there. Um, the, the illustrator is Cologne. I think I'm not sure if that's how you say it, but it's C O L O N. And it's the, the illustrations are done in watercolor with, uh, earth tones and like purple kind of jewel tones. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of an old fashioned look, but, has a special kind of ambiance, mm-hmm. I think, that gives like kind of shadings and like almost like a look of a painting. Right, right. Um, and uh, I think Gray's writing really lends itself to be read aloud, but of course, if you're, you know, your kids are reading it independently, they'll love it too. Yes, of course. But um, anyway, I could go on about that book, <laughs> but I, I really love it. I tend to give this to moms with, they don't have much, you know, a collection with mm-hmm. a, particularly to. Um, mothers and daughters. I love that. We really like that one. Yes. We love that one. Okay. What else? Two of my favorite autumn books. Mm -hmm. Um, My two very favorite autumn books. Um, One of them is called Down Buttermilk Lane by Barbara Mitchell. And it may be out of print. I'm not totally sure, but if it is, it's worth tracking down because it's, it's just a beautiful story about a day in the life of an Amish family in autumn. And so it's just full of these homey, um, kind of folksy illustrations. Um, they're just descriptions of autumn leaves and, you know, you see October gardens and they eat chicken pot pie mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're collecting walnuts. And it's just, um, it's just the epitome of autumn to me. Mm-hmm. Um, just the, the painting that the illustrations, they're just full of oranges and golds and reds and browns. It just, uh, the leaves falling down. It's just beautiful. Um, it's one I just have out in my den um, on the, on the mm. table. Oh, so guests nice. could even look at it right. because it's just beautiful. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and then another one that's kind of similar to that is called Oxcart Man by Donald Hall. And, um, it, it describes an autumn day, um, the autumn day, a country farmer goes to sell, goes to the market to sell his wares for the year. And, um, this has some really folk art kind of illustrations. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen it. I haven't. Um, Oxcart no. Man. I, oh yes. yes Oxcart Man. Yes. Oxcart Man. Yes. I have. And, um, yes. It just conveys all of the traditional elements of autumn. You know, it's got the falling leaves and the mm-hmm. apples and the mm-hmm. stacked piles of wood for the winter. Yes. And um, they're wearing, you know, these cozy scarves and they have blankets. And so it just really does um, kind of just screams autumn to me mm-hmm. as well. And mm-hmm. so we really love that one. And it, it has some more about throughout the rest of the year, kind of telling how they prepared for it. Mm-hmm. But it's autumn when he goes to sell all of the goods. Mm-hmm. And so we, we really love that one as well. Yeah, my son was especially, he went through a phase where, mm-hmm. I mean, he still enjoys it, but he right. went through a phase where he was really drawn and wanted yes. that one yes. to be one that we yes. it's a great kept one. on reading. reading. <laughs> I think all of our recommendations are picture books. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm not sure if I, if I can think of any novels that are particularly autumn-themed, mm-hmm. but we just finished reading um, Little House in the Big Woods, mm-hmm. and I, for some reason, I love to read the Little House books in the autumn. I don't know what mm-hmm. it is about those, maybe because... You know, they are doing a lot of preparation for winter in some of them. Right. You know, they're Mm -hmm. um, storing up food and, you know, bringing in the harvest and farmer boy, you know, and all of this stuff. So 
um, we, we did just finish that one and my boys loved it. I wasn't sure how they were going to react because I, mm-hmm. I wasn't sure if we were going to do Farmer Boy first mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. Little House in the Big Woods. And I mm-hmm. chose Little House and they all three loved it. That's um, great. So, yes, I was pleasantly surprised because, you know, it's about little girls, you know. Right. But they love the story. Mm-hmm. And it just goes to show that there's not girl books and boy books. Right. They, right. A good book is a good book. That's right. And they, yes. they loved it. But I yes. think, you know, autumn is a good time to read any book aloud <laughs> because mm-hmm. I think it's just a good time to cozy up and, and read. Do you have any more that you can think of? I think I, think I shared all it. of mine. But we'd love to hear from you, too, when we, yes. when we post this, that – if you have any favorites in your family, um, le- please leave us a comment on Facebook. We'd love to hear what you're reading, and especially right now, your favorite fall books. But yes, um, I also just wanted to ask if you if you are joined the Storyform podcast, if you wouldn't mind going to iTunes and looking up the podcast there. Um, some of you may listen to it uh, from Storyformed website, but if you could go to iTunes and write a review or leave us a star rating. We would really, really appreciate that. We'd love to see your feedback. And the more people that do that, um, the more people that will actually see it and be right. exposed to it and, and would have an opportunity to join us and listen. So we really, really appreciate that. Um, anything else, Jamie? Yeah, I think that's good. I'm just so excited to actually be here with you in person. I still I can't know. get over it. It's so fun. I know. It's been fun to look at your smiling face the whole yes. time. It's really, really fun. Yes. yes. I'm so glad too. So, well, thanks for listening. Yes, thank you. And we will hear from you soon. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to check out our website at storyform.com for show notes and like us on our Storyform Facebook page and follow us at Storyformed Home on Instagram. Please rate us on iTunes and leave a comment so that others can find out about us too. May you and your family be Storyformed.